Three, two. Good afternoon, I'm Charlie LaDuff, and welcome to the No BS News Hour. The world-renowned Oakland Hills Country Club burned to the ground Thursday morning, the fire apparently starting in the attic above the main clubhouse. The 100-year-old club has hosted six U.S. Opens, three PGA Championships, and a Ryder Cup. Another Michigan jewel gone. Members vow to rebuild. And now for some ridiculous fire news. A crew of Detroit firefighters went to a bar last Friday night in neighboring Melvindale, three miles away. It was all-you-could-eat fish night. The problem is, they took the fire engine. <laughs> the on-duty crew from Engine 48 parked on a busy street out front of the bar where parking's not allowed. A citizen called 911 to report the firefighters drinking. The cops showed up. Then the chief of department showed up. We've got a winner, the chief is said to have uttered after getting a whiff of the inebriated engine operator who blew a point one two. Nothing to see here. The ranking officer tested non-negative for drugs. Whatever that means, he's scheduled for a second test. The episode comes in the wake of the inebriated fire captain last year who launched his department vehicle airborne and came to arrest dangling over a highway overpass. And a drunk firefighter, fresh from a party at the firehouse, who, responding to an emergency call, smashed a neighbor's car. Mayor Mike Duggan of Detroit has promised mental health help for the troubled firefighters and cops more than a year ago. But he's yet to deliver on that promise. What else is new? Bottoms up! <laughs> the Michigan Democrats are circulating a dossier on ex-police chief James E. Craig, the presumptive frontrunner for the Republican nomination for governor. It seems that while he was chief of police, Craig received special treatment from his officers. Run sheets obtained by the Democrats and given to any reporter who would take them shows that cops went to Craig's east side home 44 times in the span of a year and a half. Those runs were marked as special attention. Craig told the Detroit News that this was a, quote, pathetic smear campaign, unquote, by the Democrats. It was who don't understand basic police procedures. They don't. The chief explained that officers who just happened to be in his neighborhood patrolling by would stop by the house if things were slow. The problem with that is no officer would simply be in Craig's neighborhood by chance. You see, the chief lives in a gated community with a security booth located on an isolated slip on the Detroit River far away from the hubbub of the Motor City neighborhoods. Nevertheless, cops often just happen to be in the neighborhood if Craig is to be believed. Once they came by seven times in a single day. Another time they showed up twice around midnight. Now what is located by Craig's seaside Shangri-La is Sinbad's waterfront restaurant and marina. 
It's a favorite drinking hole of his honor. In fact, Craig can still be found there on many evenings holding court at the far edge of the rail. Let's hope he calls Uber. And finally, Michigan has ended its mask advisory for all public settings, including schools, Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced Wednesday. This comes after Madam Governor was spotted at a Saginaw event this week without a mask, and after a who's who of celebrities and superstars were seen partying up at the Super Bowl with naked faces. Still, local school districts will have the ultimate choice in Michigan to drop mask mandates in the public schools, thus pushing the COVID culture wars out of sight. The state health department still recommends universal masking in long-term care facilities and nursing homes, unless of course you're dead. If you're dead, you'll be lucky to be counted. And that's your news. I'm Charlie LaDuff. Just did breaking news. Double bullshit. Double bullshit. No bullshit. What is what? That beer. What is that beer? <laughs> that is a two-hearted ale. Is that what you gave me at your house? That yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Wow. Good stuff, right? Well, I slammed it real quick before I knew what the hell it was and started. Yeah, they're seven percent, bro. Yeah, no doubt. Then I you... know you drink the Bud Lights. Yeah, well, no Bush Light. That's like that's like two bush lights, right? Distilled into one bottle. Yeah, it was, it's yeah, it's good stuff. Get with it. Well, you know, I, I can't afford that. Not that's on a battalion chief's salary. That's why we go look for deals. <laughs> that's Mike Nevin, battalion chief, Detroit Fire Department. Join us to make sense of <laughs> Oakland Hills and all-you-can-eat fish jaunts in the company's fire engine to another city. Now, why is it, Mark and Karen, our news program looks so much different than all other local news programs? Because uh, you do because work. Because it's real. Yeah. It's real and it's raw. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, and guess what? What? We're in the top 200 oh, news man. podcasts in America. Because you do good work, man. And Apple's rankings. That's like, how many is in that? Uh, 700,000? Uh, well, there's two and a half million podcasts overall, so. So, yeah, we're doing pretty good. I would say so, yeah. Well done. Because not afraid. It's factual. Mm -hmm. It's correct. Well, you do the work. And okay. we, we got the tastemakers and the people that know. Because, you know what? Guess, guess what else we're going to do? We got an update. Some breaking news. On Assam Bazi, our tubby terrorist watch list member who was apprehended on the Texas border in November was allowed for some reason to come to Dearborn and we don't know where he is. There's movement in Washington. That's right. That's right. And nobody doing this. Why is nobody doing this? I have no idea. Why are they doing it out of Washington? Nobody doing it locally. I haven't seen that story anywhere but here. Except George Hunter, Detroit. Free oh, that's uh, right. News. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's because he was here. Good old George. <laughs> 
All right. Um, that and is Ford gonna bust itself in two? Take his electric vehicles and get the fuck on. Are, are they leaving Michigan? Are they leaving Detroit? Are we not going to be the headquarters? That's a great question. We got this new train station. They said they were going to move there. Everybody remembers that. Four years ago. Now we got some movement. And the guy that's going to help us make sense of it is Eric Starkman. Everybody knows Eric, friend of the show. Los Angeles-based business writer and columnist. Formerly Detroit News. Who's working me seen at DeadlineDetroit.com and... What is it, Starkman Confidential or something, Eric? Starkman Approved. Starkman Approved. It's oh, the shit. Yeah, you did and, gr- and, your great work on Beaumont. Yeah, we Still got, doing great work on the Beaumont he's, story. He's, he's, Out of L.A. now. Yeah, once again, a story you don't see here. Yeah. All right, so that's what we're going to do. But first, a message from our underwriters. Who's our first underwriter? Um, I don't know, you tell me. American Coney Island, Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant and birthplace of the famous Detroit Coney Dog, Chili, Mustard, and Vidalia Onions. How many times I gotta tell you? Downtown at the corner of Lafayette, Michigan Avenue. Can't miss it. The red, white, and blue building open regular hours now. Unless they don't feel like being open. I guess I should have eaten this. Uh, Chili cheese fries. Oh, now they're falling apart. I He's going to eat them. When she gave it to me right away. Oh, you know it's Mark, coming? you will never make it into uh, Speedo like that. That's not, the, that's not the route. That's not my goal. Oh, he'll make it into Speedo. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Mike. Yeah, goddamn right he'll make it into a Speedo. <laughs> can you imagine? Just pack it in there, baby. You might not like what you see, Karen, that's but right. I can get in there. That's right. They make them all sizes. Don't body shame me. Exactly. We, shit. We set him down to Miami with you. He come back with a tan and we call him a deep fried mushroom (laughs) or Samoan (laughs) biggest people in the world okay uh, oh by the way uh, by the way the special Pollock sandwich will now be available at the American Coney Island beginning Lent what's that oh Pollock is Pacific cod it's the finest eating fish in the world yeah, it's it's delicious. So, you know, or remember, you can always get a Coney kit, dozen dogs, all the fixings right to your door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. One more? Yes. Like Joe Rogan? Well, let's get that word out there that that fish sandwich is going to hit because you never, you know, I mean. <laughs> well, you're going to see all the fire trucks. <laughs> but, which would be good because American Coney Island is located in downtown Detroit. So if you're going to go out for lunch in the Detroit fire truck and have a few pops, it's best to be in Detroit, in Detroit. so nobody's yeah. really asking questions. Yeah. Will they get a ticket like the police officers owe, oh. Charlie, if they park? <laughs> you know, I, the, the driver will stay with the rig, so the rig will be running, so he could move it. He'll get warned, and then they'll move it. And, so they do warn uh, you, move it? Well, I believe they would. They'd roll up behind you. And if, the, if the rig is idling. See, I don't get that. I mean, what? what I don't, like, I don't you guys that. are the law and order and public safety. I mean, you park and meter telling. This is a new thing. I got. I just heard it from you that yeah. they were ticketing these the police cars and. Yeah, stuff the undercover dudes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's stupid. I mean, come on, man. And then, well, you got to pay it. Take it in. And go. Hey, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I mean, are they writing up? I mean, marked cars. Hey, dude. Let me let me get the underwriters taken care of. Oh, my man, sorry. You should have just told me. I could have taken the day You off. invited me, man. <laughs> you invited me. You know how this goes. Karen, tell him. Tell him what? See that he's a racist. <laughs> what? <Ooh. laughs> Holy. Wow. Why? 
He just, didn't do anything. Just because. Yeah. Nothing gets a white guy freaked out when a black chick calls him a racist for no apparent reason. I would never. If I said that, I'd have to have just cause. Yeah. I had no issue with Mike for as long as I've known him. So oh, he gets you, a pass. I want Karen back at City Hall. <laughs> Justice, the right way, knowing what you're doing. Honest nice. answers. That would be nice. Everybody goes to Karen is the, what would you call it? The... That's a lot of words. I want to pick the right word, Karen. You, you, you're the spine mm. and the heart of what we are. I really believe that. Well, thank you, Charlie. I appreciate. I feel like I'm just decoration. You guys are the the heart and the liver and the and the bowels of what happens. I'm the here. bowels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the anus. You're the you're the beautiful face, and Mark's the anus, the mushroom anus. What's going on with this program? I don't know. I'll tell you. If you want to get. <laughs> If you want to get that body taken care of, yes. all right, and you don't know what to do, call ADR, <laughs> right? They get it done on, right? They get Why it not? Done, right? I'll call anyone at this on, point. On time and on budget. I don't know if they do that, <laughs> but you know, if, if you you know, Barry Ellen Tuck, good friend of the show, call him at 248-318-9424. He specializes in construction projects, interfacing with the government, law enforcement, fire, right? Getting those floors put in at the firehouse that never got put in. That kind of thing. I, okay. But, you know, now that he's attached to this show, he get Cuckoo's calling him. And he'll return uh, your call. Good, well. Because he's a decent human being. He'll give you the time of day and actually try to help you a little bit. But, really, it's about processes, <laughs> permitting, construction, deconstruction, property management. Uh, ethical, honest, smart, discreet. Barry Ellen Tuck for a free consultation. 248-318-9424. What up, Doe Barry? All right. Uh, we'll save these other ones, these underwriters. Because let's get to it, Mike. Let's just real quick, fire expertise now. A little science. And don't go on. But we pretty much completely lost a, a crown jewel in Michigan, which was is the uh, Oakland Hills Country Club. Right? Correct. Yes. Wood, wooden with the luminous side, almost a total loss, burn of the ground. You watched it, you're in the community, you make phone calls, you used to be president of the fire union. What what went wrong there? Well, I know people around the scene that I spoke to. and um, Oh, whoa. Hold on now. There were a because, number Because, of... you know, for the rich people, they got a lot of memories here. I've never this, been in it. This is tragic. I used to live by the... Um, the, the club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the cops told me to move my van. It's a, a tragic <laughs> uh, loss uh, for the state and for, I'm not a golfer, but for the, you know, is this a historical site? I mean, it's Well, you got a face of a golfer, I tell you that right now. Well, it's because I, yeah, you know, hockey player. Oh, golfer. Yeah, oh. Golfer. golfer. <laughs> I want you to kill every, every golfer on the course. What about the uh, potato nose thing? And the, but no, the, the poor guys there, they, they, uh, they rolled up and they... Uh, <laughs> First of all, it was, it was a plumbing fire you, you, you found out? I'm not going to say anything other than the fact that the fire started. There was smoke in the building. The guys went in. They started looking for, uh, they started looking for the seat of the fire. Mm -hmm. And when they did find the fire, it had uh, gotten up and over their heads. There had been numerous construction jobs in the building mm -hmm. where the firewalls in the attic were taken down, and they put holes in them to get through, mm -hmm. and it had crawled across the uh, attic, and it was basically over their heads. Um, so it went up through the wall? It went up the wall and across the top, and that's dangerous because... Inside the wall or outside the wall? Inside. So nobody saw it when they first responded? The fire, is the fire is contained. It's burning. It's smoldering, but it's, it's, a, li it's a live fire. Right. And as that fire seeks oxygen, it starts to run. 
fire fire will run. It's going to find air. Right. They're popping holes and stuff like that. You know, and they're you know with pike poles looking for the fire, uh, and the fire started to crawl. It was a very that's a very old building, a lot of nooks and crannies. Uh, a very uh, a fire like that in Detroit, we would have called for extra help immediately. We would have started stretching, you know, line in there. I'm not going to speak against these guys over there. You're not doing I'm just going to say that science of fire, right? They had uh, a lot against them. They had horrible weather. They had high winds. Um, there was just these guys were facing a tremendous battle as they walked in there. No doubt about it. Now let me ask you this, uh, because I've watched a lot of fires. I've been out on, on dozens Tons. of fires with you. I've watched. I've watched blocks burn. Yep. What I notice about Detroit fire is you attack it from the inside where it's sort of like if everybody out there, think about a campfire. Like you're not spraying the hose across the top of it. If you want to put the fire out, you got to get the embers. So you guys get criticized for being cowboys, but you put out a lot of fires. We go right in. Yeah, you go right in and you attack the source of it. And then if you notice any of these fire skeletons in Detroit, you'll see a hole in the roof. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is trying to suppress it at its source, get it to run, right? Yes. Straight up. Yep. And then you got that aerial ladder out there with water, and that's how you put it out. Yeah, they, they, I believe they were on the, you know, whether they were on the roof or not, what we do in Detroit, and I don't want to say anything that they did at this fire at all. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we'd be out of bounds at this is, point. But yeah. we, we ventilate. There's a certain way to ventilate a fire to get that fire to run to the air. And, and contain that fire. You put a hole in a roof, let's say, in a dwelling, that fire is going to find that hole, find, start sucking that air, and it's going to go to that area. So it works just like a chimney in your house. Correct. Right? It wants to go straight up where, right? Yeah. Even even if you put water on it, it still wants to run to the hole. Even if it's crawling across the attic or crawling across an area looking for, it, it's like a guy in the desert looking for water, the fire. And once you find that water, that's where you go. Okay, okay. So our condolence to all you that love the place and all your memories, you know, rebuild quickly and invite me once. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Now, speaking of water, let's talk about a watering hole. Big news to me, Engine 48, their main responsibility in Detroit is to look after the Marathon Chemical Plant, right? That's the main... That's the biggest facility in that area, Marathon Oil, but they've got that whole southwest corner themselves uh, down there near uh, Fort Street and all them streets down there. They've been isolated for years. You know, they're, they're down there by themselves for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Marathon's got their own fire stuff set up, their own fire, uh, you know, uh, situation yeah, set yeah. up, blah, blah, right. blah. But yes, they, yes. So they decided you take a three-mile drive to go get some fish in a neighboring suburb, right? All you can eat fish. They bring the Detroit fire engine and park it out front of the bar. A 911 call gets made. There's some reports of drinking and, you know, lipping off to each other, civilians and the firefighters. The Melvindale police come. They don't see any alcohol. Then the chief comes. He smells the alcohol. They air these guys out. Maybe about an hour, hour and a half later, they get tested. The operator of the fire engine's blowing a point one two. What's going on in the apartment? I never, I ne I've heard of firefighters drinking a beer or two. I never heard of the fire engine operator drinking and driving to another community. Well, I'm not going to speak specifically on this incident. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's at all. Well, okay. Look, ground rules. This is so the public knows why I'm talking to you. I want to know right. culturally bigger what's going on 
with the leadership in the department and from City Hall? Well, it's it's they are turning a deaf ear to counseling, and this is counseling. They promised know, it last year. They po- promised it years ago. A health and wellness program, uh, counseling, uh, racial diversity training. We've got a lot of young guys coming in from outside the city that don't even know you know a lot of the streets. We are a very young department. When I was union president, we hired some 400 kids. That The department's very young. Like early 20s? Uh, yeah, they're young. And we're moving a lot of the... So old- like half half of the guys wearing a uniform in the Detroit Fire Department, God bless you, respect, half of them are really young, like in their 20s. They're very young guys. It's almost like the department Anyways. half turned over. The department's more than half turned over. And a lot of these young personnel with under eight, nine, ten years, are going to be in charge of these apparatus. They're moving a lot of the older guys out for uh, pre-bankruptcy pension issues and whatnot. Uh, The police have made uh, efforts to uh, maintain some of these older people because their department's young as well. Uh, Chief Craig, I know you mentioned him before, uh, you know, we started. um, He he made tremendous efforts to keep and retain some of his older members because whether you want to believe it or not, we're like big brother and daddy. And we're going to guide these guys until they get enough time to know what's right and what's wrong. So, Karen, yeah. again, when we were going through all that bankruptcy, that was, you know, de facto deputy mayor right there. What is going on with the culture of it? Because in the last couple of years, you know, a, a party at the firehouse, and then you go smash a neighbor's car with the fire truck. You got you got the captain going airborne and almost into the freeway. I want to speak on that for a second too. Okay. And that that incident there, as bad as it was, I wish more people that were supposed to defend that member would have spoke up. The union. Well, I'm not going to say that, but that just did. that area where that battalion chief went off the road was under construction due to wayne state it was poorly lit and the gps took him right off that freaking street yeah but i know what was lit well that was the captain himself no excuse and uh mike we need we need some help for the guys yes we do look it was promised a year ago but we've got i did a movie called florian's nights it's out right now we we were here we 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 we, We did the whole florian's nights thing and this goes back three four years ago when when pan came in from vancouver they did detroit new york uh look toronto and where guys are they need counseling they need diversification training they They need some leadership yes look look it used to be this there are empty positions at the detroit fire department that used to be like waiting list, right? Correct. That used to be like, that was a coveted job. Now, you can't even fill the positions they have. Well, public safety took a beating, and I'll tell you what, it just don't pay. That's what we're talking about here now. I mean, right now, after the bankruptcy, especially in Detroit, guy, anyone with half a brain looks at that and says, I'm going to go do that for that. It just, it just, you know, and then you've got the... Mike, do you, don't you think that the message was sent... You know, when the officers um, and the law enforcement first responders, when their needs, their pensions, their health care was put on the back burner to artwork and, you know, other cultural things here in this city. Don't you think it sent a message that, mm, yeah, you guys really aren't that important? That was the greatest insult to a guy like me with 35 years yep. uh, th- that they went after and salvaged things like that when they could have. Look, if you're broke in my house. You're not getting the Nike Air Jordans, or you're not getting the the Beamer. Okay, if you if you can't afford 
certain things. You dump them, you liquidate them, you know, like in a bankruptcy. When, you, when you're bankrupt, the bankrupt judge takes things from you, moves things around, but yet we saved certain jewels that I can't go see. I can't even get into the museum, okay? But yet that was saved, and you took my health care, you, you cut my pension. You, I mean, they decimated the, the city worker. And there have been some clawbacks, some very, there have been some clawbacks. But it hasn't, look, you had, you, your wages haven't even kept pace with inflation when it's no. all said and done. It's, it's a loser. I'm looking at a skyscraper. I'm looking at a hockey arena. I'm looking at an auto factory. I'm looking at a train station. I'm looking at so much shit. Right. That could plug holes in this dike. I'm looking at $840 million that Biden sent. And what's happening with the younger guys on the job now is due to the fact that some of the older guys are leaving. And there's been, you know, guys that are just not happy with what they're going out the door with. They're working these kids to death on this overtime. And 36 you know, hour shifts. You can only take so Answer much. Answer me. Yes. You can. Yeah. Well, it's a 24 hour shift plus since, 12. Since they don't have the manpower. It's mandated that you do another 12 in the firehouse. In some cases. And Detroit is still the busiest department. So they're the blowing States. the budget. They're blowing the budget in overtime. They're working these kids to death. You got to have a break mentally from this stuff. These are young guys that five, six, seven years on the job. They're not going to make it a full career without tweaking out here. I mean, it's just, you're getting yo-yoed too much mentally. They don't see it and, and really know it or feel it themselves. But in Detroit, we are a very unique situation right now. And, you know, we're, we're getting ready. You know, they need to retain some of the older guys because we're babysitters. Settle these guys down. We need to get some training in here. We need to get some, really some, not bullshit. I'm we're good, we're good. We've been yes. talking about this for the longest, too. It's we not, know yeah. that we talk about that for police officers. We talk about that for firefighters. Um, the need for mental health support, assistance. It's only when there's an outburst of some sort that the conversation rears its head again. Right. But the provision never makes it to those who need it. And that's why we took the opportunity. Uh, sorry, guys, at 48. I won't be, I'll be up your ass, you know. I, it was an opportunity to take a look at something again, very dear to my heart. If you look at 48, at the fucking chemical factory, you've got one fire engine. There's no ladder truck. We were just talking about Oakland Hills mm -hmm. and having the aerial truck spray water from the top. If, God forbid, something went up at the plant, you absolutely need that. Yes. I did some looking. The closest ladder unit is three fucking miles away. And it may be busy. Yeah, it might, it might be in service. That's a busy company. Okay, Detroit, that's what you got. That's, Mike, that's beautiful. Now, let's do this. Let's, let's move. So what, what do we need? We need we need better salary. We need some health care. We need to retain the older guys. And we need a way to maintain the infrastructure, the equipment. And I don't see a grand plan. Look, at, we need field generals to run the department. We need people that understand the department, that know what these guys need. We need people that aren't politicians to run the department. We need the rank. We need some real soldiers to take over the department, work with the mayor's office, get the budget allocated properly, get the manpower, you know, and get the rigs placed properly and stop this bullshit. Yeah, no more bullshit, which brings the mayor's office. Okay, Karen, Mark, yes. I want your take on this. Okay. I need to talk to... The fire commissioner, Chuck Sims. Need to talk to him. What's Who's going, a great guy. What's good? He, I know the guy. Yeah, Chuck's good. Yeah, Chuck's, Chuck's real people. I need to talk to you. What's going on? Okay. 
he says, uh, starts to talk to me. I said, call you back. Never does. And then I get, put it in writing and I'll respond accordingly. So put it in. in well, that's coming from above. Okay. Yep. Good. Then, okay, look, man, it's about ready to come. You know, the cop charged with raping a female subordinate cop mm. and his work record. It's ready. Okay, now I need official explanation. I get from the, the head of professional standards, from the public information officer, and the chief himself, himself respond in writing and will reply in writing. That is, and there'll be no interview on tape. Yeah, it's them trying to control the story, trying oh, to control the narrative. you got two things going, Charlie. You know, you've got two things. One, you have to remember that not everybody is comfortable coming to you because they know that you've done your homework and there's nothing that they can be asked that you already that they that you don't already have the answer to. So there's some apprehension there, making sure there are no missteps. The other side of this that is consistent with this administration is that this is coming from the top. This isn't the chief. This isn't the fire. This isn't. This is coming from the mayor's office. There is an, uh, a, a very concerted effort since day one to control the narrative. And this is how that is done. There's no autonomy for them to determine whether or not they are comfortable um, and, and confident in delivering factual information that the residents are entitled to know because the mayor's office is saying, no. well, let me take that back. The mayor is saying, no, that's not how this is happening. And so it's not happening. The mayor, wise guy said, you know, last time I sat down with him, he said, let me handle this. You know, I mean, he's a professional media guy. He walked himself into a grand jury. <laughs> yes, he did. Right? Yeah. All right. Look, here's what I say. Ladies and gentlemen, do you think I would give Trump questions to pre-approve? Do you think I would be one of them bozos at the Washington press corps where Biden goes, I was told to call on her first? No fucking way. Number one. That's fake news. Yep. That is scripted television drama. Yep. Right? I will do what a human being and an ethical journalist is supposed to do, which is I would like to talk about this cop, his work record, why he's still working, right? What did you know? When did you know it? Get, get ready. Look at his file. You'll be fair, too. Of course I'll be fair. Yeah. But it eliminates any opportunity of follow-up questions, and that's- That's what the in writing that, is. Exactly. But that's where the answers that really need to be found are found. And follow-up questions. This is what happened with the governor, too. Remember for the press conference, the, the questions have to be submitted. I, first of all, I would never, ever have anyone participate in an interview where I had, where the interviewer, the reporter, the journalist had questions. Like, that's not an interview. I mean, that's that's just not an interview. Of course, when Karen, when Karen was basically, you know, pointing, pointing Mayor Dave Bing in the right direction, you know Bringing what I mean? Bringing things back to- Wait. Post-traumatic stress you, disorder. Wait, wait, wait. No, hold on. No, 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 no. In press conferences. I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I know you are. I'm trying to derail you. I, watch this. See, God, get your own. You do it to me. 200 podcast. <laughs> we do this all the time. It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when Karen was pointing the mayor in the direction of Dave, right? And he did the state of the city. Everybody from the TV stations were going to get five minutes, right? And Fox 2 was going to send me. And they're like, mm, no, not him to which i give a lot of credit to uh kevin roseborough over there he goes okay then not anybody good and that's the way it should be now you were saying we had a press conference major press conference the international firefighters president 
flew in from D.C. Our union president sat there and said, we have a no tolerance. And we, pro you know, the mayor sat there. This and was a year ago when the captain oh, was airborne. Ago. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have this new, the Boston program and the Boston, you know. Well, where the fuck is it? What a bizarre press conference it was. It was like. They blamed us. They sat there and like blamed 12 us. 12 feet apart talking about, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, PTSD from COVID, and we're getting get oh, a handle horseshit. on this. Horseshit. Right? Guys, aren't, guys can't pay their bills. And they, they were, they were pre-fabricated questions. They We've got a young department that's, so many of the older guys are leaving and giving up that this department will be in a freaking tailspin in the next couple of years. You're going to have too many young guys out there, and that's when the problems are going to start. And this is what you see in the suburbs. This is when you see an officer that's had his fifth run of the day lose it and shoot somebody or whatnot. Too much, too young, not enough guidance out there. I'm sorry, public safety is a father, son, brother, sister, mother. Look, at you mentor these people into the, into the job. Okay, so you heard it. I don't, I don't want you to... See, I'm, I'm teaching Mike. We, we go way back. You made a great point, and I think everybody heard it. We're going to have issues if, if you don't give a sh two shits about this department and stop squeezing it dry yeah. and every ounce of, of soul and energy. It's a really serious deal. I'm not here to tear down these departments. I'm not. I'm here to help help. You. Well, you've done, you've done no, more. Nobody will. No, you, you see you've done more to help us in Detroit. In, the, in public safety than anybody out there. There's a few other people in the media that's helped, but, you know, I, I'm here to... Who's, I'm not the guy that's supposed to be defending my firefighters right now. Where the hell's the guy that replaced me? Well, you're the fucking chief, dude, so that's how that well, goes. Well, I love my department. I love these guys. I'm sick of us getting our asses kicked now, in the press. I, I want to say this. So when I got a call, it's a Democratic town. Why don't you pick up some Republicans? Because there aren't any around here. And I do. We kick them right in the ass. Right in the ass. But. Actually, most of the firemen and policemen are Republicans. Hmm. Note to self. <laughs> yes. Mm. Karen? Mm. Yes. <laughs> this isn't about the party, though, Charlie. That's the thing. It's not Democratic. It's no, not Republican. No, it really isn't. I say this. No, it's not. And it shouldn't be. I mean, I don't care if, if I have an emergency. I don't care about yep. somebody's political party affiliation. I want to make sure that they are trained, that they're committed, that they're equipped, and that they are mentally and physically prepared to respond to that emergency, that they're compensated properly, and that they're comfortable with where they are in the position that they hold in the city. Karen, oh, that's Karen, so funny. Karen, you're 100 percent correct. Folk, smoke and fire does not discriminate. It doesn't matter who's coming as long as they do the job right, medically and firewise. The thing this, is, they're, they're young. They're 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 phenomenal firefighters. They're phenomenal uh, medical personnel. It's just too much. It's too much yo-yo back and forth. They go home. They've got stress with their bills. They got. I mean, look at right. it. Just it's we're broken right now. Let's well, go to go get a cocktail and a couple of pieces of fish. Well, you know just we've saying. we've done we've taken our rigs places and in and out. But you know I listen. What? Go ahead. <laughs> he, just flipped, he just flipped me the bird and muted me. But I want the point to be made because you mentioned that press conference and Duggan's promise that nothing has well, been done. Well, the union was there nothing. too. The international union. Come on, man. Let's not get okay, it. I just, Why are you trying to take us down into a place that we can't defend? You can't do that in journalism, bro. You can't do. I'm just asking a question. I, know, I want it's, it to it's, be known. I'm trying to train you for, to be for real here. Like, this ain't Drew's show. This is, we're doing, well, listen to me. I'm being for real. Listen to me. We're fucking with the fire. Mm -hmm. So when you ask us to say nothing's been done, 
that's a ridiculous question because always okay, something. Not, not enough done. has been done, clearly. Thank you, man. Yeah, not enough. It's the way we use allegedly. Semantic. Semantics. No, but it's, it, I, it's really important. I understand that. My but, man. but I want it to be known, you know, there was a lot of pre- promises. There's this big press conference and very little seems they to have They have been not been kept. Yeah. And when this story broke and the mayor's puppet master is standing next to the commissioner feeding him his lines, tell him about the program. Tell him about the program. That thing's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. Bullshit. Now, this is funny that you say this because we at the No Bullshit News Hour are introducing a new segment right now. Hit it. Oh, Jesus. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, the breaking news one? Yeah, yeah. Introducing a new set. We have the No Bullshit News Hour editorial board. Oh, <laughs> Karen's oh Karen, you missed the meeting? All right, I wrote I it. Did, it's a board I'm, I'm noticing you taking off your shirt, so I'm trying to figure out what's coming up next. Go <laughs> ahead, I'm listening. Man, Speedos, Charlie taking his shirt off. Where's your mind today? I'm just paying attention. Where it should be, right here. <laughs> uh, all right, so I was... Trying to the editorial board. I was trying to prep the show right. last night, and I, I came up with this, and this is what I wanted. We have to know bullshit news on. Probably you too, Mike. I suppose I was raised a working-class, blue-collar Democrat. I say I suppose because I was a kid, and I don't really know my parents' thinking. I just know where and how and with whom I came up with. But then the private school kids hijacked the party. Now it seems to me the donkeys are little more than Republicans. Divisive, double-talking, entitled, and get yours at all costs. What I'm looking for, and many of us, I believe, are looking for, are peace and prosperity, not empty promises, voodoo economics, creeping poverty, and stale talking points. I can't tell the difference between the parties anymore. And that's the way it is. I'll second that. I approve that board. Pretty, pretty true. Yeah. I, I just keep standing in the same ground, Karen. And I keep, I, when I'm trying to get an answer about a guy in a terror watch list, or I'm trying to get an answer about the firefighters' well-being, or, you know, we have one bad cop here. What's he doing on? I'm, you know, I'm just standing on my ground, and I'm watching the talking points in these parties moving. If everybody's a Democrat in Detroit, and I got bad lieutenant on the job— how am I left of the Democrats when they won't call back? But, but Charlie, this is the other thing, too, that kind of puts you out there a little bit. It's like you're you're like the thumb. Nobody else is demanding answers on these issues the way that they should be. And so it becomes easy to, you know, compartmentalize and ostracize you because you're the one that's saying, hey, I'm, I've got information. I know this is and I want an answer. Nobody else is saying that. Nobody else is demanding accountability in that yep. space. But I want to thank the listeners, seriously, because when you're you're hovering around 100,000 people tuning in weekly, there's something going right. And it's less to do with me than it does to do with you, Mike, and people like you and your sensibility out there. We're not going to bullshit you. We're not going to lie. We don't go to press conferences. I'd, I'd be driving. Down the highway, right? I'm listening to local news radio. Mayor Mike Duggan held a press conference today and he said this. I got to put a program together to help these firefighters because, you know, we, we really need to help them. And then that's all they do. 
It's like a direct line of propaganda, nobody asking anything or saying, hey, you know, you said that last year. Yeah, there's no answers. But Charlie, let me say this too. You never, can say anything you ever, want, girlfriend. In the history that I've been involved in and with this city, have I seen such a pass given to an elected official? The media has always questioned, challenged, you know, every little thing. Now it's their handed talking points in a press release, and that becomes a story. I've never seen anything like it. Why is that, though? That seems to be nationally. I mean, yeah, look, look I, at, I don't know, but it certainly is here. It's like and it's natural. unfortunate it's like, because, okay. you know, to the dis- I mean, are, are, are people, people that lazy? Here. Like, I know you hear each other talking, so have some fucking manners. Oh, sorry. Okay, now go ahead. Oh. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that um, I think Chuck Sims, the new commissioner, is a great guy. I think he's inherited a tremendous mess. Um, he's got a lot of work to do. Chuck is was a hell of a fireman, and he knows the ins and outs of the job, and I hope he can... Uh, I, I'll, go, I'll go on record. He's got a hell of a mess. I, I, he's an interim commissioner. I, I hope I he think, keeps it. I think he's the right man for the job. I do, too, without a doubt. But now I'm, I'm already seeing, like, you don't even let the man speak. Well, they're kind of, you know, I, I don't know if they're nervous because, you know, for whatever reason. But I tell you what, if Chuck can get if Chuck can get cut loose, I think he can do a good job. And But he's got a lot of, there's a lot of political uh dangleberries he's got there you go chuck having a good person that's not allowed to apply their expertise to their role is not a good person in that position because they're they're not allowed to be who they are capable of being he can't do a good job if his hands are bound by the mayor's office he got the dream job and he can't let it go but if they're not going to let you do the job dude what's the point of having it i hope he's allowed to do what he's supposed to do i ain't seen it he's got some dead wood under him too that need to go uh we need to we need some refreshing done without here, here, a doubt. And, I, and our guys are and gals are working their cans off. Here's what there. else. Like here, here's uh, like the media. You pick your side, you go with them. You don't question them, right? You got the liberal media, you got yep. the conservative media, right? Sure, sure. January sixth was a peaceful protest. Sure, <laughs> sure. Whitmer counted the nursing home dead correctly. No. You the media. When you go along with them, what you did was you put your reputation with them. And when it gets found out to be wrong, you can't be wrong, can you? I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that disinformation, that's the new buzzword of ugliness, is being pushed by the political parties and the mainstream. That's what I see. So guess what? Get ready for it. There's new, binding, pointed, you're in the corner, Governor, Nursing home information is coming. Weasel out of it. And I'm collecting all the stories y'all wrote about this. And you're going to answer. You're going to do the right thing. And backtrack. (laughs) That's what you're going to have to do. You were wrong. Everyone's so scared to be wrong. So in order for me, we're kind of done with the fire stuff probably. And I don't want to keep blabbing and sitting here. (laughs) But I just want to make one last point. Okay. Listen, the Detroit firefighters and EMS are working their tails off. Absolutely. And they're boo-boos that happen, and they're, they're boo-boos that can be fixed. No, we're, we're not – we're giving our heart and souls out there, and we're not asking for much but just a fair shake and to be able to pay our bills, to be able to have some counseling and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm hoping it comes, uh, but I'm just asking the public and everybody to kind of just get, give, cut us some slack here, man. We're getting our butts kicked, and the, things happen. Listen, everybody breaks a window in a driveway once in a while, okay? We're sorry. You know, nobody likes what happened or what's happening. And 
we don't like it, but God darn it, they're our brothers and our sisters, and these guys have got tons of fires and rescues under their belts, and that's why I came on today, because we were getting blasted in the press so bad, and I'm tired of it. 35 years on a job, it makes me, I can't, it's bullshit, you know, I, but I wish other people would stick up for our men and women. Well, here's what, you know, being a member of the press, no, I, I look, I'm also a member of the press. I, I, know a, I know a story, like a good story. Like, oh my God, they took the fucking fire engine to the bar. Oh my God. I, I got to do it, dude. I got to, right? Oh, well, yeah. But you, you must know that I just don't pop the one off. I'm like, that's a good one. I can get your attention. It's good wrapping for the box. What's in the box, man? The deeper issues. Well said. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do. And look, you know, I know I make, I make some of y'all mad. I'm not your pansy. I'm not your push boy. I'm going to do it. But I know there's bigger things going on. And you do have my utmost respect. And you know, it took a while for me to get that in this. That day. was so well said right now because I, I hope some of the people out there are smart enough to understand what you just said. That was the wrapping paper of the bullshit. Tear the wrapping paper off and look in the box. That's the big issue. And thank you for bringing attention to it. Please help our men and women. Help us. You know, get us the stuff we, we actually need to function for you. That's well, how we're We're all Americans for. here together in Detroit. I, I consider us brothers and sisters and cousins. You've done so much for us. Trust me. It's just, I know you don't mean to hurt us, but it just, when we talked. There's problems in the fire department, period. End of story. Right. Charlie, Mike, can you guys just bump people? A lot of our listeners thought that uh, that uh, Charlie was a little hard on Mike. And I'm trying to tell them you guys no. are friends. You have a mutual respect. No, we've been this buddies a lot of conversation. There is no bad blood between you two. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, we go way back. We go way back, man. What? <laughs> what? Wipe your noses out there. <laughs> He's you know, it's about Charlie, time. It's about care. time That's somebody. They, 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 they just hey, they they care. They And somebody else, uh, Sheila. Sheila, you know, friend of mine, calls me. And goes, you're so mean to Karen. <laughs> you're being mean you're to me, Charlie. Mean to me, Charlie, because I mean, you know, I'm if you were really mean or ever disrespectful, we would butt heads in a completely different way. You're no, not either of those things. I, so I am sometimes. We don't have to lie about it. I'm just, I'm just a human. I'm fallible. But it's okay for us to disagree. That's where people get all uncomfortable. Yes, like, yeah. oh my God, they disagree and they see things differently. That's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was like this, you know, like if you know, I don't know if you know suburban or metropolitan Detroit people out there across the world on five continents. But at one point, Detroit was the blackest city in the United States and its sister city, <laughs> Livonia, was the whitest. Mm. Right? So mm -hmm. they're like worlds apart. Right. Okay. So I put on Facebook just for some reference for people to remind people here when they're making excuses like you want to do. Well, they were in the area. I mean, Melvindale's only three miles from the firehouse. I'm like, three miles? I'm like, Detroit city limits and Livonia city limits are only two miles. And then I'm getting the, you're sensationalizing it. I'm like, what am I sensationalizing? Jeez. Oh, I'm trying to let you know what it, three miles is a long distance when you're talking fire, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's a long way. We've been fighting for company, you know, when they close companies and all that. Look, I mean. Are you allowed to be in another jurisdiction and run your lights? Negative. Negative. You follow the rules and regulations of the road till you hit your city limit, then you pop your lights on and go. We, How, unless so you're going minimum, through Hamtramck and Highland Park, which is in the center of our city, 
That's okay. Different. So when you're driving city roads three miles at speed limit with traffic lights, it's about five minutes, right? Maybe more. Could be, yeah. Okay. How fast does a fire accelerate, Mike? We all know the... No, we nobody knows. Tell them the science. We all know how fire travels. And it how fast does a fire double? Every minute, every, every minute and a half, it every doubles. Every minute and a half, it doubles. And an emergency gets worse. The heart attack, the stroke, whatever. Now, is that arithmetically or exponentially? This is um, scientifically. No, you know, like arithmetically, like... Don't be bringing in big words up. I'm just a fireman. Linear or uh, longitudinal? Longitudinal. <laughs> I know the difference between a, the I know the difference flat. between a five dollar bill and a twenty dollar bill, and I know that I know that all you can eat fish night is a good deal. <laughs> all I know since all the stimulus started hitting the hitting the streets, like a, a fifty dollar bill is a twenty dollar bill. Now that those Planko fish are at American, we're in good shape. We don't need to go look for anything out. All we, right, Mike Nevin, Italian go. Chief Detroit Fire Department. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. Enlightening, man. There's their hug. Get in the camera. There's the hug, guys. All is well. <laughs> Look at this butt. Nice butt. You've been working out. That was a very tight hey, hug. Take a screenshot so we can have a graphic of that, guys. Thanks for stopping in, man. See you later, guys. Good luck with the divorce, huh? Yeah, it's going great. <laughs> a lot of fun. Mike's a good guy, though, Charlie. I mean, he is. He's always been real. He's always, you know, just always been there to try to do what's best for the department and the men and women of the department and, guy, and the residents that, that they serve. He's always been that way. He lost his job twice and won two whistleblower suits. The guy's, the guy's for real, whether you like him or not, you respect him. Uh, is he gone yet? Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Fucking guy. Oh, hey, man. You, you made Eric smile. That's a good thing. He's been staring like, what the He's hell falling asleep. He's like, when, when's it my turn? Okay, it's right after this, Eric. We're going to have... Coming in right after this, Eric Starkman, basically <laughs> the most kick-ass writer about Detroit business, and he's in, in California, <laughs> yeah. but he is. Yeah, he's really good work. I mean, somebody, like, let me run one of these things, man. Not only will it like be hard-hitting, we're going to make you shitloads of money because it's interesting. Yeah. I, they're, they're big, tough stories, but, man, he does a good job breaking oh, them down. Oh, dude, they're like, you know what? We talk. Hey, um... Starkman, what was it again? Don't don't pretend like you're not there, Eric. What, what? Starkman uh, reports or what? Okay, uh, tell us, Eric. <laughs> approved, approved. Starkman approved because he writes about a lot of stuff and he writes for a lot of people. But I read his work on DeadlineDetroit.com, the nice, sassy, pithy local news website. They do a good job with very little, and uh, I recommend that you. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com, subscribe for $3 a month. Is it $3 a month? Yep. It's good, too. They they take the big, long, boring stories because somehow the people that run the newspapers want you to hang around online. Somehow that they think that turns into money. For Advertisers want you hanging around. You know what happens normally? What? It's you're reading it, you fall asleep, and you're on that fucking story for 30 <laughs> minutes. That's what happens. That's why I like the week, Charlie. It's just like the boom, week. boom, bullet point. Tell me what happened. Tell me why it happened. I don't, I don't need an encyclopedia for every story. Um, Luke Nowacki, hit it, man. Look now, up and down, up and down, up and down. And like a marina boot camp. Look at the stock market, up and down, up and down, up and down. Interest rate. What do you do? Do I get into metal? What is crypto? Is that for me? I don't know. Is there someone? Know. Is there someone to call? You 
do that every week. Like like the, like the listeners, the vast <laughs> listeners from five continents. They wonder. Don't know who to call. <laughs> Luke Nowacki. That's you know how you pronounce that in the old country. Vaki? No, no, Luke Nowacki. No, oh, okay. Yeah, you go. He's an American. Which he? What is he? Like? I mean, uh, Which old country? <laughs> Lukas Nowacki. <laughs> Where's Nowacki? Polish? It's gotta be right. Yeah, why not? Uh, good enough. But I tell you what, man. The man knows money. Get a strategy. Right? Get some place in life. Don't hope. I find myself doing this sometimes. That's why I got Luke's number in my phone. You know what that number is? 248-663-4748. Grow your assets, annuities, individual retirement accounts. Should I get in a bond? What's going on? Call Luke. Get a get a strategy that's tailored to your needs. Let's don't get into one of these funds. No. You don't know what's up. Okay. In Hall Financial. Before I tell you about Hall Financial, I'm going to tell you how to call Hall Financial. Do it right now. Somebody do it right now and see if they answer. And then, Karen, are you monitoring the the media? We're supposed to have this shit fixed where I can see it. We're having phone lines. I've been promised a (laughs) vacation to the Alps. None of this is happening. I don't even have a T-shirt, Charlie. So T-shirt, Mark. Are there T-shirts? No. Oh, there's T-shirts. There's just no way to buy them. Okay, here's what we can do. We can have like a street sale. Okay, like a garage sale? Yeah, because we got to still raise money to take soil samples for all the other federal money Mike Duggan fucked up. And Washington's afraid to pull the trigger on that shit. That ground's poison, and there's reports that it's poison, so that's accurate. I want to know how poison. I want to sell the t-shirts, take the money, pour it into a story for you. So we can find out how healthy it is for your child. Since we're taking all the COVID money, $840 million, Karen, and we're going to start tearing down commercial abandonment when you fucked up the residential abandonment. Speaking of houses, Hall Financial again, right? Get busy. Get busy. Interest rates are only going up. They're probably going to go up a couple of times, right? If you haven't refied, I don't know who hasn't. Call Hall Financial at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com, right? Yep. First thing you do. Yeah, before you go buy a house. Second yeah. thing you do, this is gonna this is gonna tailor right into Starkman here. There's so much news about the financial underpinnings of the future of this city, not the least of which, we'll get into it. The Wall Street Journal reporting that 30% of all home sales, okay, in the uh, what, what we call like where Karen lives, like Indian Village, and yeah, Boston Edison, the, the very nice neighborhood, the high. The, the high end. They, they call them stable neighbor. They call them stable neighborhoods. There we go. There was the PC term. Thank you, Karen. Stablehoods. The stablehoods. Okay. That the thirty um, percent of all homes sold there are to hedge funds, yeah, equity funds, private investors, LLCs, out of town or speculators. Okay. Large investments. So look, if you're going to get a house. And there's low stock and lots of competition. Another thing David Hall will do for you, you got to have your mortgage locked in. You can't be home shopping, want it, and not be able to move on it. Get your pre-approval. All of this at callhallfirst.com or 866-CALL-HALL. There you go, David. Mm. That that took a lot out of me because it was brain power. <laughs> I want to explain what's going on. Starkman, what up, doe baby? For you. Good. Let's get right to it, man. You wrote a fantastic column. Um, 
It was a uh, February 4th. There was a Kabuki theater at the train station. Hey, look. We're still we're still not done. Um Google's in town. It's gonna it's not gonna be Ford's electric vehicle headquarters. It's gonna be a campus with a with a coffee shop in a high school class. And it's like, what? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the day before, <laughs> Jim Farley, the CEO for Ford, talking to company investors, says he can imagine taking Ford electric vehicle future and breaking it off into a new company while leaving Ford internal combustion engine as its own standalone. About right, Eric? Exactly right. Didn't get much attention. What does that mean? So, Charlie, I'll bet you a round of drinks at Simbad's <laughs> that within a year, uh, Ford will spin off its electric vehicle operations and they will move the headquarters of that operations either to Tennessee, uh, Texas, or California. And they'll tell you how much they love Detroit, but, you know, this is what they got to do. They'll leave the legacy business in Detroit. Private equity firm will come in and probably gut it. And uh, I'm not going to go predicting beyond that. But I think it's pretty obvious that that's where Ford's headed. And they're, you know, they announced, and it's amazing to me that this is a bigger story in Detroit. You know, they announced in November that they're expanding their uh, workforce significantly in India. And just last Friday, after they announced they weren't going to do manufacturing in India, they said, well, we might do electric vehicle manufacturing in India, but for export. So, I mean, the writing's on the wall. And I got to tell you, Karen, it was music to my ears when you said to me, what's happened to this town? They don't ask questions. They just, whatever, here's the press release and everybody goes right to it. That's true. Glad you noticed, Eric. <laughs> Well, what does this mean for... Look, Eric, first of all, you must have a deep and abiding love for Detroit because you keep an eye on, on the balance sheets, the comings and goings, the, right? I mean, so you're not here to, like, shit on us. No, I'm actually a really big fan of Detroit. And I think the, the tragedy of the media and the failure to keep people accountable is what's hurting Michigan and it's hurting Detroit. Let's remember this, too. Okay, so... Ford had a big manufacturing campus in India, made an announcement. They're shutting that all down and they're going to expand it for technology and engineering, which is jobs we would do. I get, I've got, uh, let me think here, maybe, maybe five, maybe seven separate people telling me how they're training their replacement in India in the white collar jobs. It's worth remembering that Ford bought out laid off here here's some money get lost 1400 white collar workers in 2020 in preparation for this for white collars in india divestment in detroit yeah am i wrong eric no you're not wrong but here's what you got to keep in mind if i said to you charlie i don't care what you think how would you take that uh it depends <laughs> I mean, so the reason I'm saying I go up to my you know, room, Jim Farley's on record as saying, I don't care what Detroit thinks. He said that in an interview with the New York Times in 2008. 
when he was working, you know, for Toyota and they asked him about uh, one of the models he was working on. He said, people in Detroit were questioning him and he said, I don't care what Detroit thinks. And I think he's a global executive that's going to, I think, you know, I expect that Ford's going to be like IBM. They'll have more employees outside of the United States than in, you know, within the United States. And, you know, the, I mean, it's music to my ears. You know, I've been reading about the train station and I'm scratching my head thinking, are people really buying this? Um, there's no real commitment here except for a financial commitment. And, you know, Ford's not putting its name on it. Yeah, like give us the sweep here. Okay, so the, the long abandoned, gorgeous Detroit train station, um, neo-Gothic, I believe. I don't know, man. Somebody, somebody tweeted, and I forget the style of it. But Ford committed $750 million, and the public committed $250 million to make this thing the new state-of-the-art. Ford's coming down. That's going to be their EV headquarters. Four years later... We got another press conference, and it's, well, uh, the public's going to come with another 125, and it's not going to be our EV headquarters, and it's... But Google. Google's going to come in and put in some Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, they just throw the name Google out. There. And have a yeah. class for high school kids to learn coding, which computers already do. What's gonna, what's, what is this thing going to be, Eric? Ford won't put its name on it. I'll tell you why I don't think Ford wants to put its name on it. It's that they're afraid it's going to become a white elephant and they don't want this big building that had all this big buildup with their name on it uh, as a reminder to, that it didn't work. So, so that's, that's my speculation. I, I have to believe that that was Ford's original plan. And Bill Ford, who is a big booster of Detroit, uh, forget about the Lions for a minute, really did have eyes on that. You know, it looks to me like new decisions were made, talking about splitting the company in two. We now no longer have a use for it. So we're considered a charitable contribution, Detroit. Is that kind of where we're at with it, in your opinion? That's what I think. You know, look, I don't want to, I think Bill Ford is in a really tough spot. I think he really cares about Detroit. I do too. Um, and I think he wants to do right by Detroit. But, you know, Public markets, you know, dictate how that company's going to run. And yeah, it's Wall Street, man. You know, because it's like this. I highly doubt. I, in fact, I, you know, I know share price goes up and down. Ford's share price shot up because they're they're talking EV. It's the big buzzword on Wall Street. But I don't believe we have the infrastructure. We're going to have the infrastructure where the internal combustion engine disappears anytime soon. But as, but as far as investors go, I mean, that's what they want, though. They want the EV. I mean, look at the valuation of of, um, of Tesla and Rivian and exactly. Lucid. They're, they're just creeping up on Ford. So it, it really is a, a major financial play. What I don't understand is— It's a financial play. It's a huge—and honestly, but it, but is this it, is what sucks. It's the, kind of the smart thing for Ford to do from a business perspective. Absolutely. So where did this state fuck up that Tennessee, and even Eric wrote in his column, the investment Ohio has put in— for, to get new technology. What, what, what is the state messed up, Eric? So that's what people are missing is, you know, Ohio, I read this, the local Columbus paper did a great story about how they got the, you know, you know, Intel's investing 20 billion into the state and it could actually increase to a hundred billion. Um, 
And I read how Ohio do it, did it. You know, they've got a real kick-ass team of economic development people. They got a call. They, you know, uh, Intel was shopping around, and these guys knew how to move on it. And the same thing happened in Tennessee. You know, the governor, you know, Whitmer said it caught her by surprise. But Tennessee, they were expecting these kind of investments years ago. You know, their, their governor is uh, an engineer. And, you know, the Wall Street Journal did a great story how Tennessee won that contract. Michigan doesn't have these kind of people. And you don't have that kind of leadership. And, you know, this, this uh, tax breaks for um, electric vehicles that Whitmer wants has just proposed. You know, there's a downside to all that, too, for electric vehicles, that they hurt the roads. And, you know, Michigan, as you know, she promised to fix the damn roads. Well, the roads are going to get a lot worse. You know, the Hummer electric vehicle, the battery of the vehicle alone weighs more than a Honda Civic. And wow. Uh, and so the most popular car in America is a Corolla. I think it, not a Corolla, a Camry. Uh, I think it weighs like 3,500 pounds. Like a Hummer is over 9,000 pounds. And you're going to have all these heavy cars uh, and trucks on the roads and they're going to get worse. And I don't even know if Governor Whitmer is even aware of, you know, the road damage that's caused by electric vehicles. And I'm not clear to me, to be honest with you, and I hope you don't mind me, you know, I'm not trashing Michigan, but I'm not sure if she's playing Michiganders for fools or she's the fool. I, I just don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't think, or maybe both, which is even more frightening. And it's okay because you want the big chair. That's that's what you get. I mean, you know, yeah. you want the job. It's a very difficult job, and this is what we do, and we're not stupid either. And End of that story. So let me ask you this, Eric. I mean, you, you live in L.A., right? Yeah, I wouldn't look to this state for <laughs> as do an you, example do you of have uh, an electric Do you have an electric vehicle? I do not. Do you remember when the notice was put out to people when it was, you know, a, bit, you know, a balmy summer day and the grid was stressed and they asked people not to charge their vehicles during peak hours? I do remember that. So this is California with a balky grid, not as bad as ours, but a balky grid on just a regular old day where people are using air conditioners and you can't charge your car do you even think we're ready for this revolution they keep selling us well that's the reason i'm not buying an electric car mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. i can't afford it well you well, know that's next charlie by the way that's something else that people are missing here is you know the cost of an electric car is considerably more than uh you know a gas car and you know they're giving rebates to people you know, who are spending $96,000 on a car. That, that makes no sense to me. No, the market can't bear it, because watch. The federal tax rebate, if you get an electric vehicle, 7500 bucks. Michigan wants to give you 2500 bucks. That's 10000 off of a car to encourage you to buy a car. That's not market economics. It's just not. It's not there yet. So when I call Luke Nowacki, that's, this is the conversation I have with him. Like, I'm not a short-term investor. I am actually looking at market principles. I'm a trained economist, and I don't quite see it. I'm not shitting on it. 
It'd be nice to have a cleaner world. But I don't know if I'm gambling my sweat on it. Well, those automakers, though, they are. I mean, they 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 have a good idea of what uh, what this market, the new market coming up and growing up, is going to be. Sure, Mark. so they're going to put their they're going to bet on that. Yeah. That's fine. That price better come down. You're, I I do agree with you. I, I kind well, of go I back and go forth. Back to what you said. I kind of go back and forth on the whole you know rebate aspect of it. They tend to go to people that don't need the rebate because they want to buy a ninety six thousand dollar Tesla or eighty six thousand. Um, I, I, you're right. I don't see why they need the rebates for them. I'm just more concerned about keeping some of this. You know, this is what this area was built on. I'd like to see some of that be retained one way or the other. And I just say, Karen, I don't know if the leaders can do it. And and I'm sorry, the the screen froze. I I, so I'm sorry, Mark. I thought you were done. Um, I I just tend to think that the infrastructure. You know, we talk. You know, when the wind blows and the power goes out, and I mean, you know, just I just don't think we have the infrastructure for it. So, what are we going to do? I mean, do you think it was about a year or so ago when we were having some issues and DTE asked everybody turn turn off everything and turn down your 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 heat? You know, we we need to conserve power. Like, how how is that? progress in the area of transportation when we don't have the ability to fuel these things that they're asking us to get. I, I agree with Eric. I don't want an electric car. I just, I don't. I, or a hybrid. I don't want that either. So there you have it. I mean, okay, real quick, uh, Eric, um, I just want to wrap up here, but I want to get to our our, our uh, tubby terrorist and what's going <laughs> on with him. But um, let's That's talk about body the- shaming, Charlie. <laughs> No, the the reason, see, there we go. The, the reason they let him in was because he was a little overweight and they didn't want him to catch COVID. Oh, so yeah. the the first guy in anybody's memory who's on the terror watch list let in is our guy because he was a bit rotund. Uh, Eric, talk about quickly the merger of Beaumont oh, and uh, its ramifications as you see them. Well, I see that as one of the biggest tragedies of Michigan. And an, an example of the poor leadership of the state. Now, this guy's a downer. But, well, <laughs> he's yes, you said it's no bullshit hour. Okay, it's great, man. You're getting a... <laughs> That's what I want to hear. On the state. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great, <laughs> man. It's sunny they're outside. Gonna the they're going to bring the prices down. It's, it's going to be awesome, Charlie. I can't tell you. Thank you. And with that... <laughs> Go ahead, brother. It'll be best medical care in the world. World class. They're going to fly from all over. That's going to change Michigan. They're going to fly from all over the world. They are? Whatever they call that hospital. Okay. All right. Tell us the truth now. <laughs> you know, it's, they have it. It's, it's Beaumont merged with me. Spectrum. Bur- it, Beaumont merged with Spectrum. Uh, these are the two biggest healthcare outfits in the state, correct? They are. And what does this mean for? It's going to lower our prices. Well, that's what they say. But if you believe that, then uh, I want to sell you my interest in the Mackinac Bridge. Um, you know, elusive. I'm aware of no hospital mergers of this size where the prices went down and the quality of care went up. There's all sorts of studies that shows that never happens. So this would be like historical if that in fact happens. Uh, and the prices in southeastern Michigan for healthcare are actually among the lowest in the country. So I don't see how they're going to get them any lower, um, but we'll see. But the fact is, they've known about this merger since June that they were hoping to put this down, uh, this together. 
they still don't have anybody to uh, oversee uh, the Beaumont side of the business. My understanding is that they're close um, and there could be an announcement real shortly. But, you know, that should have been all been in place by the time that they, you know, uh, got the tentative goal, you know, the, the approval that the FTC wasn't going to block the merger. So you know, I'm pretty underwhelmed. And uh, I think it's a tragedy that, uh, you know, Beaumont was once a world-class institution. Why, why, just for us regular people, would two hospital chains want to merge into one? Well, they're more profitable, but, you know, Spectrum has a health insurance side of the business, and they're hoping that by taking over Beaumont, they'll have all these doctors that they can put into their plan and better compete with Blue Cross, Michigan Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And, uh, you know, there's a, in hospitals, in the healthcare industry, big is good. You know, the bigger you get, the more power you have. Less competition. Right. The more the more you can raise prices, you have economy of scale. And also, I I think tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm not an expert on this. But when you talk about the insurance companies like a Blue Cross, let's say they're basically called nonprofit. Right. And they're only allowed to make like one percent above cost. Yet they have all these ancillary insurance companies for like sort of workers comp which which aren't capped is that correct is that where they make their money on the ancillary stuff well i don't know where you got the one percent i thought it was something like 15 percent. okay you well know, that's what we we're can having. only keep you know i'm i'm not 100 percent sure of the numbers but you know they're not nonprofits, and uh you know there was just a study that came out uh yesterday i think it was you know that shows that you know, hospital, there's no justification for a hospital declaring itself a nonprofit. Um, in fact, it gives, uh, except it gives them a competitive advantage against for-profit hospitals, which, believe it or not, do more, give more charitable giving than the nonprofits do. The whole healthcare industry, I don't want to be a downer, uh, Charlie, but it's frightening what these companies get away with. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I love like when it's election year and you know, you get the empty headed anchor with his makeup saying, what is your plan to, uh, uh, for affordable health care? There is no plan for affordable health care. I've got something on my website, right, Karen? For It does not exist. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's a vicious cycle. The hospitals overcharge. The insurance companies don't want to pay for anything. I had foot surgery. I got a note from my insurance company say, Hey, you have another insurance company we can ask to help us pay for this? Like, what are you talking about? Auto insurance, all of that. It's just, it is not set up to help the people who pay for it at all in any capacity. We'd almost be better being self-insured. I think it was really uh, uh, educational when you were watching the debates with Biden and Trump and Biden's plan, he was talking about healthcare for all. And in the end, the catchphrase that I remember was, now it's going to cost a little extra. I'm going to cost it like $75 billion a year. The point is, these are very powerful entities. You're not going to break them up. It's too far And gone. if you want to give it to everybody, it's coming out of our pocket. Obamacare did not lower rates. Sure, it got more people covered. A beautiful thing. But that's not how it was sold. It was sold that it was going to bring down medical inflation. There is no answer to this.
because check out your campaign finance filings. Almost everybody's taking money from these corporations. Right, Eric? Exactly. And How do I know so much? How do I know so much? Because <laughs> you ask questions. How do I know so much? <laughs> well, yeah, well, here's the deal, Eric. We ask questions, but we also do a lot of goddamn reading. He's talking about reports that are super boring. And the reason I want him on, and this might not be the most fantastic show that you're going to watch, but this guy, this Starkman dude, first of all, he's a very good interview, isn't he? I, I think he's a great read. I just wish more people would keep reading him. Yeah, you go to Deadline to Detroit. That's the best place to go if, you know, because he's doing shit out of L.A. and everything. And well, we, it's stuff that matters. Don't give a I, fuck I mean, about L.A. You know. Do you guys notice that some of the Stafford. journalists that we talk to that do the best and most in-depth work about Michigan aren't even here? Like Jordan with the Flint story. Now we've got Eric with this. I mean, does that send a signal to anybody? Yeah, and you know what else? I mean, I got I to gotta do the little social media. I... I I just went on deadline to try his reading. There were some comments. Oh, look at this, this asshole blogger out of LA in his underpants. Hey, by the way, check out Starkman's background. Yeah. This dude's living well, fly. Look at this guy. This guy looks like Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Look at that breezeway upstairs. Look I at love that staircase. Look, don't you know? Look at look how clean this guy. It, his paint matches his hair. I mean, style. It looked like he got a little bit of a mustache, but maybe not. This guy's like, like uh, what's it, Magnum P.I. <laughs> In Magnum P.I. of journalism. Look at him. But it's, it's, and it's stuff that really, really matters. You know, Beaumont's a mile from my house. It used to be good. I don't want to go there anymore because of the last two experiences I've had there. No, you're and right. Now, and now I know why, because he really broke down the whole merger. And what I don't understand is, could, could anybody have stopped this merger or made it a little more... I don't know. Maybe it made it a little harder for them, Eric, to just instead of just combining like this. Eric doesn't get to talk right now because I want to. I want to. Okay. I want to talk. I mean, Charlie, yeah, is right. there anybody that could have stopped this merger? Well, here's the here, Eric tried, <laughs> but but he wasn't trying to stop it. He was trying to inform you, so we here can make our own decisions because no one here has the balls to stand up to this crap, right? It's all a fucking cabal. There's people in government that need to look at this stuff. I love these. I love these business writers, Eric. Because you know what? Like they're harumphing liberals. Okay, harumphing liberals. It just good, great for the greater good, right? And yet, and yet, you're you're right for the mouthpiece of the capitalists, the crony capitalists. I might add, they put this crap together. You're the arbiter of it. And the thing that you arbitrated for, the thing that you pushed, never comes to fruition. It never benefited the public. Nope. So now where do you stand? Am I wrong there, Eric? Nope. <laughs> and he's concise. <laughs> the only thing that I would debate with you is whether they're really liberal. You know, I, you know, I care about health care and affordable health care and, you know, I don't think the, uh, the Spectrum and Beaumont merger was a good thing. Um, in answer to your question, they, they could have stopped it. Uh, Dana Nessel could have stopped it. The governor could have put a, a lot of obstacles in their way. Uh, you know, Rashida Tlaib could have done something. You know, in Wayne, 
they they got a shortage of wheelchairs at least they did recently and you know when a hospitals are merger you are looking to merge you can make all sorts of demands nobody made any demands it's it's pretty sorry to be mr negative no you're I, good because it, negative, it's true That's we're not, not getting any so we got to hear it a whole heaping of it and i'll go back to what you said this is complicated and our leaders aren't that smart like yeah. you know i mean it's it's much easier to say let everybody out of prison so, stupid instead of like getting down to the nitty gritty of healthcare for 10 million people. It's very complicated. You got to stay up at night. That's, that's what's going on. But you also have to do things that make sense, Charlie. I mean, people keep doing things without the thought of the implications of those decisions. Is it making a difference? Is it addressing the issue that you're saying it's supposed to address? People never ask and, and, and it doesn't, and we just keep doing it. I mean, nothing that we have in place services what it is or addresses the issue that it's supposed to address. It doesn't. Yep. So folks, again, you know, I, I'm looking for a third way. I'm just looking for a third way. Again, remember last week, we, uh, Last week with Ian, right? Ian Smith. Yes. Uh -huh. Jim owner from Jersey. Yep. And I'm like, he's calling people rhinos, Republicans in name only. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're the rhino. Mm -hmm. You weren't a Republican. You weren't the country club. But he admitted why. Because. You split votes. Yeah. We, we're You know, if we can take over a party, we'll take. Why didn't they take over the Democrats? The working class white people. Why didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. That's why did question. you move? It's a great question. It's the question, and it's like maybe they moved. Yeah, we 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 need we need we're just we're just dying out here, we're just dying out here. But it's going to be an awesome. You know, I want to be positive. It's going to be an awesome wake. <laughs> One thing, Charlie, because I don't want to be perceived as Mister Negative. I think Michigan's got a lot of potential. I really do. I think it's great people in Michigan, and. There's a lot of talent there. You just need some leadership to bring it all together and say, what are we going to do for the future to make this a great state? Um, and I think it's there's so much potential, but I don't see the leadership emerging. You know what, Eric? I was in a store once, and there was a person that appeared to be either homeless or struggling, and they just broke out in song, had an amazing voice. Here's a person who had talent, had potential, but who did not have the opportunity or, quote unquote, if we want to align this with the city or a state, the leadership to take advantage of that potential. And that's where we are. We can have all the potential. We say that about, we've been saying that about Detroit for decades. We have the opportunity. We've got potential. We've even got the people here, but it's not channeled in the right way. And so we continue to do nothing more than like walk on a treadmill. We're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm in agreement with you, and I'm in agreement with you about the state of the media. If you don't, you know, if there's nobody to hold government leaders accountable, then this is what you're going to get. And that's not negative. It's not negative. To be honest, is not negative. I mean, you cannot address a problem that you're not willing to acknowledge that it exists. So that's not being negative. Breaking news.
I am honored, Mr. Starkman. <laughs> I do accept your nomination as the independent <laughs> candidate for the governor of Michigan. I promise absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'll try. I'll read. I'll wash my hands a lot. I'll count the dead people. I will beg Mr. Ford on my knees. Do not leave. There'll be free band-aids and t-shirts outside of Beaumont. Thank you. That's a lot of promises. Get it done. <laughs> All right, now we're going to leave you with this. We're leaving? <laughs> Okay, well, well, I'll do this, and then, and then you decide if we leave. I just got to get this bit in, all right? I think the whole audience left. Okay, listen, breaking news. No, they didn't. They're still here. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> breaking news. The eight minority members of the Judiciary Committee, eight Republicans on the Judiciary's Committee, Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. Where's my breaking news? Oh, you want more? Yes, just okay. keep going. Have called for a scheduled hearing to examine national security threats at the border in the wake of reports from here. Yes, keep it going. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> this is a big deal. I know, that's why I didn't want to distract. In the wake of the reporting of the No Bullshit News Hours reportage, of Hassan Bazi, the tubby terrorist watch list hit. Full figured. We don't know where he is. We don't know if he's lawyered up. The FBI doesn't know where he is. I'm not saying he's a danger at all, but it's the first time in anybody in the security apparatus's recollection that somebody on the terror watch list was allowed to drift across America on his own recognizance. It is now before Congress. Not only that, I can also report breaking news. Sure, Q Mark. God damn. Mr. Bozzi's case is also being looked into by the Committee of Homeland Security. It's an important story. Wow, I suggest that you here in Michigan get on it. Or don't, because I'm 200. One for, how, what were we? <laughs> Um, it was one in the one twenties at one, one point. Yeah. Yeah. One show. All right. We're, we're beating CNN over here and you're dying. You know why? Because we love the people. I could even see my way to love Mr. Bozzi. If he's got a correct story for me that checks out. Yeah. He didn't answer the phone last time. Did he? Or didn't oh, there is that. Most... There is that Karen. He's a little Just... bit rude. Yeah. Rude. He considered, you know, I don't like people who are late. How so dare that was. terrorist be so alleged terrorist? Alleged so terrorist. Rude. rude. Now you're getting it, Mark. Absolutely nothing's been done. Okay, a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Starkman's aged ten years since he's been on this program. Hey, where do he's you live, Stark? Figure out what's going on. <laughs> That's he's Tony Starkman, man. He's like the coolest journalist with the hardest steel. Said, so, listen, where do you live, man? Like what neighborhood? West Los Angeles. West Los Angeles, like by the uh, Fox Studios there? Yeah, I live about, I can walk to the Fox Studios. So you're like, you're like on the other side of the 405, right? You're you're east of the 405? 
So I'm, I'm like between the 405 and the 10. I live where the two intersections cross. Wait, the, the, the 10, that they, they're, they're, yeah, they cross, they're perpendicular, right? Right. You, you live over by Brentwood. You, you, you live by where, where, where OJ, OJ killed yeah. Nicole. Oh, no, that was in uh, Brentwood. In Brentwood over there? Yeah, I don't live in Brentwood. That's where the rich people live. Yeah, but it's like like two miles from you, bro. Right, it's close, but it's a different world. Oh, I see. You live by the uh, uh, you live by the Veterans Affairs building. Right, you don't see celebrities in my neighborhood. By the way, you're uh, a beer drinker, right? Uh, depends who's asking, but yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. They put for one second. Oh, okay. I just wanted to show off that I still remember L.A. like the back of your hand. You know everything. When you talk to, you know, our friend at the border, we know you've been everywhere. You know, you got to send Eric a Conan kit. Send him like a hundred. Are you familiar with this beer? Can you see it? Uh, Heady. Heady Time? Heady Time. What's it called? Heady Topper. So I was. Heady Cock and Toasting? At my neighborhood bar, and the bartender uh, told me about brought, this drink. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. The bartender brought you that drink in your glasses, and then OJ cut your head off. <laughs> it's be better than story that way. But he lived. He got better. But OJ did it. Everybody's cool with that now. I mean, yeah, but you were saying, bro. Yeah. So, Hetty. Oh, so, it's the beer they line up for. It's made in Vermont. And it's got this cult following, and uh, being Canadian, I hate to admit this, but uh. this is the best beer I ever had. It's uh, 8% alcohol. What um, is it called? It's called Heady Topper. It's very hard to get, but if you ever stumble on it, I highly recommend it. Stumble I thought over. you were going to tell Charlie, hey, how do you like this beer? I'm going to send you some. You're just taunting him, <laughs> telling him you got a good beer that he can't get. You, you want to know? I know. It's, it's Starkman approved. It Starkman approved. <laughs> Starkman approved. He's got some stock in this motherfucker. Know, exactly. It's product placing. You know how I know Starkman's from Windsor? How's that? Because the can's empty. <laughs> Are you from Windsor? Oh, I'm from Toronto. Ew. Eh, close enough. Is that what you be? <laughs> hey, listen, man. You got working papers? I do. I, I'm a U.S. citizen. How the fuck does this happen? Are you on the terror watch list? <laughs> I am not. Okay, Mr. Canadian. How do you account for Ted Cruz, another Canadian? Well, I think somebody uh, that I... Canadians have to apologize. Is, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking our name. Your former governor, uh, the energy Jennifer secretary. Jennifer Granholm. Jennifer Granholm. But you have Drake, though, Eric. So that kind of, you know, wipes out all of the ills that uh, that come out of Canada. I don't get the Drake thing. He's milk toast. Yeah, I don't get him. I mean, it almost sounds like Dre. I can't take I can't stand him. Oh, uh, here we go. I can't stand him. Uh. I bet he wears perfume. <laughs> I think he... I'll go with that's the best description of him. He looks like he wears perfume. He does. Okay. And uh, this is a Drake tune, is it not? Yeah, close enough. I would have no idea. <laughs> All right. I love you, but Hey, Starkman, thank you, man. Um, and thanks for looking out for us. Yep. It's great being honored to be on the show. You sure fucking right it is.
It's borderline honor abuse, but you know, it's a good balance. Speaking of borderline, get your ass north, man. (laughs) Hey, listen, we're going to send you a Coney kid. All right, brother. And, uh, and, and some beer. Can't afford any beer. You know, what's weird about this? What? He's keeping an empty can in there. He probably just emptied it. Did you just empty it? No, it's my last one. What, do you got a beer can collection, or did you, what did you do? Where'd you get that can? Went to the fridge, and I got it. He keeps empty beer cans. It's not empty. It's still full. It hasn't been opened. Open it up, bro. Lachaim, let's go. He's got to save it, Charlie. Oh, fuck. He looked at the clock. Hurry up, man. Let's go. I I don't drink before noon. Come on, pop it. It's noon here. Let's go. Well afternoon now. He's got got 20. No, he's got 20 minutes. I I never had it. Come on, man. Hurry up. We got to go. Let's go. Pop that thing. <laughs> what an angel. How do we know if it's Starkman approved or not? Now yeah, let's see if it's Starkman approved. Because he doesn't drink beer. He's yeah, it could all be fake. He just wants to give in to public. He just wants to be cool. He wants to come under no bullshit. I've been saving this, man. I I've been saving it. <laughs> okay, go get your bong. <laughs> all right, no comment there. <laughs> Karen, love you, man. Yeah. Bye, Karen. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Gary. Listen, with all these TV appearances and and newspaper appearances, can you push the show a little bit? I really. Oh, everybody says that I'm from the No BS News Hour. No, I mean, I meant something I like this. What, when you here's what you say. Okay. Uh, Karen, what do you make of that? You go well. You know, as we like to say in the No Bullshit News Hour, <laughs> or you know, you're like. <laughs> That's the research show is available on it, the website, cool. nobsnewshour.com. They know. What? They know. They know. You can't be cheesy. They know. Yeah, but I want to I wanna start beating like Sean Hannity. Yeah, we want to get in the top 100. 100. Okay, that's our goal. Out of the Got lower it. level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, was your news. Thanks to Mike Nevin. He's great. And Eric Starkman. Another great one. All right. Peace.